Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plots. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am rejoined by our full and original cast. Let me give a warm welcome to James Bunkle, Matt Dennis, and Flo Dennis. Ooh, yeah. yay. We're back, you. baby. Woo! <laughs> I never left you. <laughs> yeah, the Rogar show's over now, man. <laughs> Back to your regular scheduled podcasting. <laughs> you know, just in case people skip last week's episode, because that was a big recap, so not everyone needs to listen to that. You guys are returned. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, and uh, y'all will be reprising your roles as Rogar McLeod, our ghoulish ex-Dragonborn paladin. Tommy Hawkins, our human gunslinger rogue, and Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, also human. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's the last thing you need to mention. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, human okay. as well. Not exciting. No. No. <laughs> and yeah, well, last in sort of canonical episodes, we ended our little Dreamlands arc, our jaunt of what did Rogar do during his uh, month of downtime? Yeah, month. Yeah, <laughs> month. He had, a, he had a little nap, and he dreamed lots of magical things and lots of lots of weird, very creepy things. And mm. I'm guessing, hopefully, during this episode, he might wake up, find out what we've been doing in the real world. Hmm. <laughs> we will find out. And well, I see. I don't even think we really need much of a recap, other than that, because today is the kickoff of Arc Two. Woo woo. Dun, dun, dun. Shit's going to be new and shit's going to get wild. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So, let's start this <laughs> off. Sophia, you look upon the corpse of Tommy Hawkins. Hey! Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Violently ripped apart by dogs. What? Fantastic. My fucking dogs. Did I try and throw <laughs> undead dogs a bone? You did. You just <laughs> never learned your lesson? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy rolled really badly during the month downtime. That's it. <laughs> I didn't get to roll. Off screen. for me, dude. Off screen. <laughs> Tommy returned to his home planet. <laughs> I'm going now. <laughs> Not that unpopular. Come on. No, no, no. It's, uh, we're going to kick things off properly here with one Tommy Hawkins. And... The way we're going to do this, um, obviously I have spoken to uh, Matt and Flo about things they were doing and things they wanted to do during this time. So we're going to kind of do a few scenes here that catches up in timeline up until the point that Rogar wakes up and we're essentially back as a singular party again. And our first little scene is, yes, one Tommy Hawkins as you're sat in your room and you're sat on your bed with two pieces of paper in your hand. On the left, you see what looks like an image of yourself bursting into the palace throne room. Except it's not Samuel Crenn on the throne. It's a large, tattooed-looking Goliath wearing a sort of red cape and a jaunty-looking crown on one side. And he's holding this, like, massive axe. And it says at the top, the final of the Varadin Grand Tournament. And it's listing you as Corvus, the hero of the revolution, will be coming to defeat Karak the Bloody, sat on his throne of conquest. And then you look at the 
alternate poster in your other hand. And this one, it's actually a shot of the city. And the city is all, like, covered in shadow. And in the sky, you see this giant Goliath kind of staring down at a smaller version of Tommy in his sort of Corvus crow-like getup, this time with his back to the uh, viewer, but with both his guns drawn. Like, one of them's a bit more pro-Tommy, one is a bit more pro-Karak. Because soon... Now that the revelries are over and you guys have spent the last few days drinking and celebrating and having fun, well, what better way to really celebrate a revolution than finally holding the thing everyone was waiting for? I'm a fuck him up. (laughs) And Tommy, as you kind of look down at the one that's of the Varadin throne room, you start to get a little bit lightheaded and you're staring at it and you blink. And when you open your eyes... Every part of the throne room is covered in a yellow sign. It's all over the floor, all over the walls, the banners, even cut into Carrick's body. It's covered of this little version of yourself all over your coat and your hat. You blink again, and it's all over your actual hands holding the posters. It's all over the bedsheets. It's all over the room. It's just there. Shit, I'm going to, yeah, just drop the posters and stand up and just start blinking again in the hopes that it disappears again. You blink, you kind of rub your eyes, you shake your head, and you have that little moment of sort of concentrating, going, it's it's not real. It's not. It's not real. And you open your eyes again, and they've all just disappeared. Need to get my head in the game. And then we're going to leave Tommy to his little moment there, and we're going to swap over to Sophia. Hello. Hello. So we look upon the Temple of Kalemvor, and... Sophia is fighting against Halson, the leader of the temple. One-armed though he may be, he's still giving you a run for his money. And he has been training you pretty much non-stop as soon as the first wave of celebrations were over. Kind of instructing you in the ways of Kalemvor and preparing you to fight the sort of horrors his priesthood fights. The undead, monstrous things that have come back from beyond the grave that threaten any form of sentient life. And this is coming towards the end of a training session, so you're battered, beaten, sweating, but you got a few good hits in on him. It's surprising how spry he still is, considering everything that he went through. You see he sort of has adapted quite well to swinging a sword just with one arm and with no other sort of defense on his other. And as the training session kind of comes to an end, he sort of pulls up a chair and sits down and looks to you and goes, You're doing well. It's, it's rare to see someone take to our fighting style as well as you have. Feels like I was made to do this. Quite. And I'm pleased that you've been keeping up in your studies. It's, it's more than just being able to swing a sword at the right spot to decapitate a zombie and keep it down. It's about understanding the purpose behind every swing. Why you're out there in the field. Why you're crawling through graves and fighting out in mausoleums and hunting down rogue necromancers. You need to understand that what you're doing, even the little steps you take, they make this world a better place. And that's... It's a burden, I won't lie to you, but Kalemvor certainly sees something in you. And, you know, I think I see it myself. Well, when he and Ansir rescued me from that dream, I mean... I I just knew I had to do something better with my life. I knew in my heart that 
I needed to pay back the faith that they had in me. He sort of nods and stands up and goes, I, well, there were a lot of plans my brother and I had, and it is, it is difficult to think about how many of those now lay in waste, but the fact that he, in some capacity, came to you and tried to help you in whatever way he could tells me that in his own way he was passing his mantle and his responsibilities on to you. And Alison kind of goes behind his desk and reaches down to something and lays on top of the table this large wooden box and he kind of pushes it towards you. And he goes, I... I had this commissioned some time ago. I was going to pass it on to my brother once he had proven himself worthy of it. I had hoped that day was not far off, but... And he... You see him... He's not the sort of guy to cry. You saw when he told you before he went straight to kind of anger, but he's kind of... He's got this a little bit of sorrow to him nowadays whenever he talks about his brother, but he's getting better at it. And he's, like, he's more willing to kind of engage you in conversation about these sorts of things. But he pushes the, the box towards you and goes, if you're going to be taking up some of his burdens, then you should be armed with some of his tools. I stand up and go to look inside the box. You, uh undo the little clasps on it and you open it up and inside it's this very nice kind of like velvety cloth and laying on top of the cloth is a bastard sword very similar to the one that Ansir used to wield but this one looks like it's been engraved down one of the sides of the blade you see the hilt is far fancier and polished you see the actual hilt and um, handguard is shaped into a set of scales like that of Kalemvor's symbol this is amazing Halson <laughs> nods towards us. I, I only hope that it serves you well. I, I hope I'm worthy of it. Thank you so much. Thank you for guiding me to to this point. It is okay. There is only so much I can do to prepare you, but hopefully it will be enough. And uh, yeah, you have a new weapon. Bee. <laughs> um, nice. For those of you at home who are familiar with this rather famous weapon, um, there is a weapon known to clerics all across the land as the Mace of Disruption. So I present to you the Bastard Sword of Disruption. (laughs) Interesting. Mm, I can uh, send you the details, but uh, to read it out on part, because it's a fun little weapon. Mace of Disruption, or in our case, Bastard Sword of Disruption. Weapon, long sword. And it does require attunement, I'm afraid. Ah, but, shit. yeah. However, when you hit a fiend or an undead with this magic weapon, that creature takes an additional 2d6 radiant damage. Jesus. If that target has 25 hit points or fewer after taking this damage, it must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be destroyed. Oh, sweet. On a successful save, the creature becomes frightened of you until the end of your next turn. So even on a successful save, it still fucks them up? Yeah. Awesome. Nice. 
While you hold this weapon, it sheds bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for an additional 20. So when you kind of pick this sword up out of the chest, it literally starts glowing with light and just fills the whole room with this sort of bright, slightly grayish tinge to the light, which you've been sort of familiar with Kalimvor's touch. There is uh, divine gifts, but it just brightens the whole room the moment you put your hand on it. Oh, dude, I'm going to need to get some Ray-Bans of this. <laughs> and uh yeah that's our little scene with sophia that's awesome i think i need to draw sophia with some hater blockers on now <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to skip forward a couple of days and this is the day before tommy's arena fight tommy you are down in the watcher's base mm. and you too are trading you're fighting against the um, the female watcher who came with you guys in the strike team towards the palace, and you've uh, you've spoken to her a few times, and they kind of accepted you coming down here to t- you know, tighten up your roguelike skills, maybe practice combat a little bit, get used to how they fight, you know, round yourself out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I'm a- I'm open to sort of new ways of fighting and and learning from them. They they seem to be pretty good at this whole roguelike, so why not? And. It's getting to the end of it, and I, I'm going to say she is just kicking your ass. Because yeah. <laughs> you're not used to just being restricted, so they've told you you can't use your guns, so you're very much just having to go at it with, like, training daggers and, like, basic swords, and that's not really your style anymore. Yeah. So it's very, they're trying to put you, like, unease, and uh, she's very good at just disappearing into the shadows, coming out of nowhere, kicking you in the back of the kneecap, and, like, taking you off balance over and over again. And she, every time she's kind of like knocking you down, she gives you that little moment of, you know, Karak is not going to take it easy on you. Ah, uh, fuck it, I know it, but he's also not going to keep pissing off into the shadows, is he? Oh, you never know, he is crafty. And uh, suddenly he, she shoots a crossbow bolt at you from the shadows that you have to like duck out of the way of. Ah, fuck, you know. <laughs> and he may cheat, you know. I, I... Yes, he probably fucking will, won't he? Ah, they say he does not want to give up his crown. Thinks you already have enough praise, Mr. Hero of the Revolution. Ah, you were there too. Ah, but it is our way. We stick to the darkness. I'm not too fussed about giving up some of the fame. Neither am I, to be honest. Bit of a fucking bane when you try to rob places. And she um, comes out of the darkness again and like hits you with a couple of just body blows with her fists, spins round and puts a dagger to your throat, and at that same moment, she looks down and notices that you pulled a gun on her. And he's, she's like, hmm, you learn quickly. You cheat, I cheat, love. Ah, uh, easy way. You know, I don't know why you have never pursued more of a career with us. You would be good at it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, no offense to you, love. And I know you're fully kind of bought into this gig. But just don't, don't like the following orders, Lark, you know? Not really my scene. Mm. I, I understand this. Not everyone is up for some of the things we must endure. I understand. I mean, I'm not saying I couldn't fucking do it if I wanted to. Hmm. I'm not saying that at all. Just, um, I don't know. You know, the gang life. Yeah, sure, I've got a boss, but he pretty much lets me do my own thing. And if I don't fuck up, then all good. Hmm. But I don't know. There's a bit more to it from what I gather. There is. And... Some of that knowledge you are permitted to, and the mistress has not given any, um, how shall we say, anger towards the idea of you being here. So, hmm, 
she kind of shrugs her shoulders a little bit like no one's killed you yet so <laughs> well i mean you know i'll get to see more of you as well so can't be too bad i'll give her a wink yes i too i do too enjoy beating the crap out of you on a daily basis it's been fun good workout hey i mean i'll get a few licks in here and there <laughs> occasionally but well i brought it up because perhaps you are not so much interested in joining us but given the current state of the city our people are quite busy. You know how the underworld must often support the citizens when law and order has fallen apart a, a little. Oh, don't I know? Yes, I am sure the council are doing their best to restore things, and I have heard that there is a, a new guard being set up to at least get feet on the streets and restore a, a level of faith, but... Yeah, bastards. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, is is fair point. Uh, people are not trusting of them. Not after those creatures they were so happy to work with just roam the streets freely. And she kind of even she sort of shivers a little bit at that thought and kind of shrugs it off and goes. So it has meant that well, some of the tasks that I and the other members of the Watchers are given have gone a little bit um, neglected. Hmm. And well, you have proven yourself capable and you have capable friends, so I thought I would mention this to you, just in case you found yourself with the time. Well, I mean, let me get this arena fire out of the way, kick that big bugger back to where he belongs, and yeah, let's talk. I mean, I could always um, help you out if the price or reward was right. And I'll give her another wink there, because... You, know. <laughs> 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 you uh, can't make out her face at all, because she's always wearing her mask, but... Uh... You wonder if she blushed. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm into the mask thing. I'm obviously into the mask thing. <laughs> like Tommy just making little paper mache palette masks at home. I mean, yeah, I probably have tried it. Let's be honest. It was nice hiding my face sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, she goes, tell me, have you ever heard of um, the Shrine of Othrin? And uh, you can do me a history check. Okay. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17. 17. 17. Uh, this is its quite rare information. You don't know much in detail, but it's something something to do with giants. It's some giant thing, maybe, I don't know, some sort of place of worship or something. You're not quite certain. Okay, I'll, I'll say that to her then. Yes, I've, I've heard similar stories. It's, um, it's been lost for some time, but we heard... Rumors that uh, people have been trying to find it, and well, as there are with these ancient places hidden in the world, there are things there that are best kept in the right hands, you should say. And well, one of our jobs here has been to safeguard such things. And you think back to the temple that sits directly beneath where you are standing right now, the Temple of Savras, that had a very similar aim around protecting powerful items. You don't know whether some of that has been passed down through these people or what the connection there may have been, but it seems to be a, a theme between the two groups. Interesting. So, if you were to find your way to the crown of the world, perhaps you could look into it for us. We don't have the manpower, as I say, to send an expedition at this time. Well, crown of the world, eh? Um, I'm guessing that would be Outside of Varadin, yeah? Oh, yes, he's, uh, he's quite far to the north, up in the mountains. Well, is the ancient name of the mountains, really, but not no, 
not too many people call it that anymore. Okay, and can you remind me the name of this thing I'm looking for again, so I'm clear? Uh, they call it the Shrine of Othrin. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if, how much you know about me, but um, not a huge fan of outside the city, but, I mean, yeah, for you, why not? I'll give it a pump. Nice. All you can do is try, yes? Yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, generally the things I try out, I succeed reasonably well at, as the whole, you know, saving the city thing attests to. Uh, this is true. And there is no rush, uh, as far as we are aware, and as far as our scouts say, this um, shrine has been lost for centuries. No one really knows where it is. We only have a vague direction of an entire mountain range, you know, so <laughs> odds are pretty low of someone stumbling on it. Yeah, um, no small tasks, then, eh? Oh, never. Yeah. Well, love, as I say, I'll have a look and see what I can find. If I'm in the neighbourhood, that is. Good. And she throws a dagger at your face. <laughs> and we're going to fade out of that scene as you get back to fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and we go back to Sophia. This is the morning of the next day, but you're back in the temple district, and... You and Solara walked your way towards the Temple of Mistra, where she's been spending a lot of her time in conference with the Archpriestess Lauren and some of the other mages there, just kind of learning a thing or two about what their deal is in the city. But today, you were told that the texts that you left with the Archpriestess should be translated. I'm so excited. I mean, we, we found these with, at my dad's. Like, you weren't here for that, were you? Um... I was here, but uh, I looked at them and I could not really make head or tail of them. No, me neither. So it's really exciting. Do you think it's good? Bad? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Um, I mean, from what you told me of your dad, I assume anything he has secretly encoded probably isn't a good thing. Yeah. But you never know. It might be a saucy book or something. Oh, maybe. You really want to find your dad's saucy books? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Better than anything else. Uh, D&D, my dad wrote a porno. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you make your way into the Archpriestess's chambers and she's sat at this like massive desk that's just covered in books and scrolls and some you assume are actually like magical spell scrolls and she's got like little potions everywhere and just little pots of ink where she's writing like five different notes all over the uh all over her sort of day like oh yeah i'll add a little bit to this one a little bit to this one oh, i'm gonna start casting a spell over here she's like doing a million things all at the same time but as you walk in she kind of clocks the two of you and beckons you over hi 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 hi, hi. i heard you had you have some news for me please tell me it's good um the archpriestess uh looks tired i mean she's um you'd, you'd guess she's probably like in her mid 40s ish but she always looks very sort of very powerful very composed this today she looks like she's kind of been up all night working and she sort of nods quickly and goes ah yes yes it has taken a a great deal of effort i must admit more so than i originally thought but i have translated the works you've given me and it's i must admit it's a little odd um I'll start with the one that I can understand first. And she pulls out like the loose collection of notes and starts flicking through it. And I will uh, send you this in a uh, text document after this scene awesome. so that you don't have to make notes. But um, yeah, she kind of leaves through and starts pointing out a little bit to you and she goes, 
Yes, so this one, it contains references to some sort of offer of life extension through devotion to entities. After he was, after your father attempted to seek out, unfortunately, it says that he tried to seek out the illuminated. Wait a minute, Zalara is illuminated? And Lauren nods. Yes, yes. These notes tell a bit of an interesting tale. It seems he he tried to seek them out to extend his life. But despite showing some initial interest, even making a few notes of some of his devotions he had to go through, he actually refused their help. Really? Yes, it's a little strange. He then makes some vague mentions later on about a coven of hags, but then his notes kind of abruptly stop. Hags? Yes, there's lots in here. He seems worried about death, but not not necessarily from old age. I mean, I know your father's an older gentleman, but he had plenty of life ahead of him. I don't know why he was so worried about dying. In fact, there's quite a bit of desperation to some of these notes and the tone he was writing in. It seemed he was willing to trade pretty much anything, his wealth, his power, a great deal. But whatever conversations he ended up in with the the Illuminated drove him away. Not entirely certain what he learned from them, but it was enough to even put your father off further dealings at the time. Though, interestingly, after the parts about the hags... There is one note in here about contacting Elystra, who I believe we all now know was a member of the Illuminated. It doesn't say what he went to contact her again for. Hmm. That's not good news. No. We're all talking about the same Elystra that that was working with Kren, right? She nods again and goes, yes, the very same. Hmm. It was a good job that you and your friends managed to defeat her here. Uh, I I wasn't certain, though. Is Is she dead? Were you able to vanquish that creature, whatever she was? No, we we disarmed the mock illuminated, but no, we weren't able to destroy her at all. Make me a deception, but with advantage, because you're not claiming to have killed her. Yeah. Uh, gosh, it's weird to roll again. <laughs> Get the dust off the virtual dice. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that's... Yeah. yeah that's Fifteen. She nods at you and goes, hmm, well, I, I suppose you must have been quite powerful. Uh, I must admit, I don't even know how I would fare going off against one of these ancient mages. They sound quite terrifying from what I've heard. Yeah, they, they, she actually was, but um, we had a lot of help. You always need help in these times. But anyway, that's what I was ma- managed to translate from most of your father's notes. The second text is actually a little bit more peculiar, and I wondered, maybe it had some relevance to you. I'm not sure. It it seems to be an extract of a children's story. Really? Uh-oh. Yes. Mm. Uh, it's very strange. I don't, I don't really understand it myself, why he would go to such effort to encode it. Um, here, let me read it for you. Once upon a time, there was a wise old king. He ruled fairly and did all he could to help his people. But no matter what, he could not escape the ravages of age. The only thing the king could not truly conquer was death. In time, he grew spiteful and selfish, demanding that some solution be found, that some way the reaper's scythe could be avoided. 
His search led him to seek out the darkest of powers. Such nightmarish horrors did not faze him, however, for the only thing that terrified the old king was the grave. The fearful king in his final hours visited by one such horror, a witch of tremendous power but deceitful nature. She offered the aged king a chance to escape his fate. The king gleefully accepted, and in turn she tore out his soul, and as she did she spoke as follows. Your soul locked away beneath sand, no time shall pass your withered hand, even if found it shall run or fly to ensure that you shall never die. She placed the soul within a needle, and she cast it away, locking it up so that he may not fear death ever again. The deathless king was pleased, smiling as his heart grew cold. And she kind of closes the book and goes, does that mean anything to you? Does it mean anything to me? It doesn't. Uh, You can do me a history check. Yeah. Five. Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't really ring a bell. Bugger. Nope. Doesn't mean anything to me at all. I mean, Solara, have you heard of that story before? Have you heard it in the spire at all? Solara shakes her head and goes, no, I've not really had much time for, like, fairy stories. Sounds like some sort of kid's tale or something. Yeah. I mean, is this what drove him to want to be young? Is he fixated on this? I, I don't understand. Neither do I, I'm afraid, but, well, that's everything I was able to find out. I hope it proves useful to you in some capacity. Thank you so much for all your help. I mean, if we tried to do this, it would have taken me years. Well, I'm glad all those years of study have paid off. <laughs> yep, she's useful for something. <laughs> <laughs> and I have just sent you uh, that text by email, Ooh. so you now have it. Yes. Somehow I feel this will be important soon. Maybe one day. Who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe just cook someone just to read us a children's story. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I just have fun writing. <laughs> Anywho, it. as uh, that scene fades away, it is the middle of the day, and we come across one Tommy Hawkins sat in the barracks of the Grand Arena. Yeah, psyching myself up, listening to um, one of Kurt Van Helsing's more um, more edgy songs. <laughs> that is just playing magically around me for some reason. Don't look into it too much. Yeah, Jessar's rigged up the whole um, barracks with it. He's, he got really into into it this year. Yeah. Although, weirdly, it kind of puts me slightly on ease because I seem to see that symbol a little bit more when this music's playing. I don't really know why. <laughs> Strange one. Hmm. But it's good music. It is. And while you kind of sat there psyching yourself up, you hear a slightly lopsided gate click over and over on the stone floor and you look up and you see your old buddy Korath currently using a crutch as his right leg is completely shattered but you see it's all kind of bandaged up. Well if I live and breathe it's finally the day. Fuck me Korath. How's that leg doing? Ah not too bad not too bad. Thankfully the Araha was kind enough to start patching me up. So it's going to take a little bit longer till I can walk on it, put some proper weight down, but uh, hey, better than being dead. Damn straight, mate. Hey, I'll tell you what, those blows you landed on fucking that Kren monster were sick. You took some serious damage off that thing before you got thrown out that window. Man, that was awesome to watch. <sighs> thank you, thank you. And he kind of like 
raises his hands up like didn't want too much praise, but he's happy to bask in it for a moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I ain't never fought something that big or that uh, weird looking, but hey, sometimes you just got to close your eyes and swing, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> straight, don't I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you ready? Uh, as I'll ever be. Yeah, I've been working on this trick. And um, one thing that Tommy can now do is, as a free flourish, he can draw or stow firearms. Oh, nice. So, so Tommy whips out his rifle, Mime's taking a shot, and then almost instantaneously the rifle's on his back and his two guns are in his hands again. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's sweet. Carl mm-hmm. nods at your feet of dexterity. He's like, well, damn, sure that'll come in useful. Fucking hope so. Hope he stays far enough away from me so I can chip some off the fucking monster before he gets nearby and starts swinging. Well, that's probably the best bet. Here the guy hits like a Mack truck. And, um, look, I, and he kind of leans in quite close and goes, look, I don't know if I'm really supposed to tell you this, but I was walking by his uh, ready room earlier and I noticed something a little bit strange. See, um, he wouldn't hold in his usual weapon. Really? So I'm leaning in conspiratorially. No, he's got some big, nasty-looking greatsword, all blue and glowing. Not seen nothing like it myself, but, uh, hey, be careful of it, you know? Fuck yeah, I will do. Where's he got that from? I can't say I know. Hell, maybe Jessa got it for him to liven up the finale or something. Shit. All right, okay, well, I'll try and stay out of its reach as long as I can. Yeah, it'd be best, I think. Anyway... I'm sure it's uh, almost time. Whew, yeah. Let's do it. I'm sort of used to see me hop on the spot a few times, shake it out a little bit, and then crouch, draw both guns instantaneously, flick them back around, put them back away, draw swords, put them back away. Whew, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Good luck out there, buddy. Cheers, mate. And I'll give him a bro hug. He kind of gives you a proper bro hug and then does a little predator handshake with you. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll be watching from the stands. I'm sure your friends are out there too. And uh, well, I have a picture of um, Sophia and Solara just sat up there with some popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> Sophia and Solara are though. Fuck knows where Rogar's gone, and fuck knows where he's gone with all our money as well. Ah, I wouldn't worry about that. You win today, you'll be set for life. Yeah, yeah. Just think about that. Think about the money. Thanks, mate. No worries. See you in the stands when I've got that brute's head held him up, raised to the whole crowd. I'm just picturing that moment and every t- every single moment that leads up to that action. I got this. That you do. Right then. I best head off. And he uh, turns and starts to walk away. And uh, this is your moment before the doors start to open. Tommy, if there's anything you would like to do prior, prior to this fight beginning. Are you doing to the death? Do you know what? I can't recall. I don't <laughs> recall either. Anybody? Um, I, all I remember is Rogar wanted him to do it to the death. But Tommy was neutral, neutral that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will say you can have spoken to Jessar about it today and make your choice. Okay. You just spoke about. Well, wait a minute. What have you? Have you got any potions or anything? Shit. Um. Let's have a look. You could seriously do a Rogar right now. Yeah. <laughs> do a Rogar. What, no, just, don't with Rogar. Rogar has all the shit. Rogar has all the shit. I could do with Rogar with all this shit. 
that he's taken <laughs> and is currently asleep holding on to. Um, ah. <laughs> super helpful. Um, how long does a Torzaline last? Ah, oh, that's a question. Um, I think an hour, if I remember correctly. We've got one of those knocking about. So, um, yeah, let's 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 neck a Torzaline. Okay, so that's some temp HP, and you are gonna have to do me a check. Okay, which one? Um, it will just be a Constitution saving throw, but this is a low addiction level. Okay, just so normal, straight up. Straight up, but it is DC ten for low addiction. 16, I'm good. 16, so you uh, neck back the Torzaline, your blood vessels in your eyes start to pop, and you get that kind of raging barbarian feeling going, and you, you feel a little bit extra hardy. Cool. Um, let me just have a have a quick look through my weapons. I'm not sure if, um, if Sophia could, by any chance, cast, like, shield on me, like, in combat. I'm guessing she's too far away in the... Um, but what is the range of it? Shield itself. I, mean, I don't need it now, but obviously, if, if I'm about to take a hit, is it if it's shield of faith? I think Rogar is right that it is touch. I think shield of faith is definitely touch. Shield is self. Shield, yeah, shield's a reaction for, for yourself. Yes, two different. Well, I think she. Can, yes, it's a reaction, but I think she can cast it on Wait others. Minute, as shield well. of faith is sixty feet. Shield of faith is sixty feet because she can cast it on others. Oh, I, I can I can do shield. Yeah, shield of faith is sixty feet. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if she's, she's, she's sixty feet away from me or not. Um. Hmm. I if she if you're going to do that, I'm going to make you do two rolls. So she would have one position in the re, in the arena where she'd be close enough to cast that on you as you entered. Okay. Which would be basically sat on the stands right next to where you're coming in. Mm-hmm. So, first off, do a general intelligence check, Sophia, to see if you thought about this before going in. And I'm going to say DC 12, just straight up int. I'm so rusty. Where is all my shit? It's uh, unskilled. Yeah, no, I got it. Come on. 17. You did remember. You remembered the plan we talked about (laughs) just before we went into the arena. (laughs) (laughs) So Lara had to point out that I was being stupid. So yeah, we got the seats. You were going to go sit on Karak's side. Yes, I was. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay, and the next part of it will be, I need you to do me a sleight of hand against a perception check from one of the guards in the stand. Oh, shit. And I rolled a 17, so sleight of hand. please. 17! Meets and beats! Meets and (laughs) beats! I will say you, as the guard kind of scans around, you kind of huddle down for a moment. Wonder if cheating is part of the uh, Columbor faith. And they go, ah, <laughs> fuck it. As <laughs> Tom walks out into the arena, feeling the sand beneath his feet, he suddenly feels a little bit protected. What's the shield of faith again? It's plus two AC. Yeah. Lasts for the next ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, Tommy. Yep. Um, what's your damage? Is your sword doing? Weapons. Uh, I've got my. Uh, I've got element elements wrath, and I've got. Yeah, but what element? A rapier. Oh no, sorry, no, that isn't is that the yeah, yes, that is the yes Elements Wrath can do a elemental damage of my choice. Oh that's a good point. I would have thought about this beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is your time to pick things like that. What is he again? He's a He's a Goliath barbarian, as far as you know. Oh. Oh wait, it has to be an element, does it? It does, unfortunately. 
Because there's only there's only one thing that uh, barbarians are susceptible to, which is psychic. Yeah, I do not have any. Depends on the type of barbarian he is. Well, true, true. I'm I'm going based on yeah. I'm thinking bear totem. Mm. Pick one. Uh, I mean, let's go with fire and hope that he's not resistant to fire damage. Okay. Fire. Fire, it is. Yeah. Right then, let's just okay. reveal the arena as Tommy walks out before the crowd. Do it, Tommy! And yeah, Tommy, as you walk out, you are just buffeted by cheers. The entire crowd just explodes. They have been waiting for this moment for so long. They had to put up with all the horrible shit of the revolution, all of the oppression, all of it. And this is just this big blow-off moment for them that they can finally have something to celebrate. Yeah, after all that bloodshed. Mm. (laughs) What you need is just a little bit more. Yeah, and tell me, did you pick life or death? Did you pick to the death or not? Do you know what? After all that, I don't think I did. I think it would be pretty fucking stupid of me if I did all of that shit only to die in the arena. So (laughs) I think the whole like revolution, the whole like being possessed as an avatar of an entity beyond my comprehension and stuff has put life a little bit into perspective. So while I'm all fully prepared to go toe to toe and kick the absolute shit out of this guy, if I can, I kind of don't really want to die doing it. That's so, fair enough. I mean, if anyone, if, if you guys are going to call me a pussy, then do so now. No, <laughs> really not, considering you don't have anything from the bag of holding. I do not have anything from the bag of holding. That might have changed my mind a bit. Yeah, if, I mean, you could that. have dropped a boat on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can the arena fill with water? Surely it can for, like, sea battles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kraken! Yeah, well, I mean, you just shoot the water tank, fill it up with water, and then boat him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, as long as you don't tell Rogar you didn't do it to the death, he won't call you a pussy, but... You're you know, not there. You don't get. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, not here. I mean, fair <laughs> enough. And, and 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 also, you know, you doing things to the death is very different from me doing things to the death because you die, you just get brought back. So <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> I die. I don't thinks. know what happens. I assume I just die. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, we're all gonna find out in Arc Two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So yeah, Tommy, you are just hit with the roar of the crowd. They are going crazy. And just along on the other side of the arena, you see Karak the Bloody, this eight-foot-tall Goliath, just covered head to toe in all these tattoos. His eyes are already kind of like bursting with all the blood vessels of his rage. He just looks... He looks like every story of a barbarian you've ever heard, except the fact he's now carrying this large, glowing blue greatsword that you can see is leaving a little bit of frost behind it in the air. Mm. And you hear Jessa King's voice come over the, the magical loudspeakers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our grand final. And the crowd just explodes again with cheering. I'm going to milk it, arms up, looking around. Yeah, it's me. We have standing before you today the hero of the revolution, one Corvus. Corvus 19 now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not quite that deadly. (laughs) Oh, no. No, Matt, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Too soon. 
Sorry. Sorry. I mean, there's soon and then there's active. <laughs> hey, all, all we can do is laugh. Yeah. True. We play to uh, escape the horrors of real realities. With fake ones I've made up. <laughs> uh, yes. Corvus, the hero of the revolution, will go one-on-one -on -one against our own arena champion, Karak the Bloody. And the crowd explodes again after hearing Karak. He's kind of like hyping it up on his side as well. Today, there will be nothing to stand in the way of these two violent competitors ripping each other apart. Let us begin. And you watch as all like the uh, braziers around the um, edge of the stands are sort of burst into flame for a moment, kind of signaling the start of the fight. And let's roll some initiative. Let's do it. 25. Nice. Wow. Yeah, boy. 25. You are a quick, quick man, Tommy. Another, another thing I got from my level up was a plus two bonus to initiative. So. Yeah. You beat Carax, even his impressive 19. So you are up first. You are stood across the arena. It's the same arena as it always has been. You see the sort of giant stone column in the center. But uh, other than that, that's the only thing in your way of Mr. Carax. I'm guessing there's nowhere I can attempt to hide. Would be quite difficult. <laughs> okay. I'm not I'm not planning to like hide immediately, but I'm just thinking if you're talking long term, if you got away from him, you could maybe hide behind the pillar for a moment. Like it's difficult because you would be unseen, but he wouldn't be surprised because he yeah. knows he's in a fight. Kind of um, defeats the point a little bit, but you know, I can't just spring from the shadows and, and get a get a surprise attack. Yeah, like he knows you're there, so it is quite a. You wouldn't even I don't really qualify for unseen almost, but anyway, yeah, we'll see how the fight goes. Okay, so. I'm going to move up so I've got a straight line of sight on him. So mm -hmm. there's no pillar in the way. He's not getting any cover bonus. And I'm going to take a shot with the rifle. Mm. And I'm going to expend a grip point to get advantage on it. Ooh. Look at you remembering your abilities. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, 28 with 16 piercing damage. 16 piercing damage. Well, a 28 does hit. And you know what? As it's the first shot of the round, Karak, he watches the bullet hits him and he basically flexes at you. And he's going to use Stone's Endurance to attempt to uh, nullify some of this damage. So he ignores 11 points of that damage. Wow. Okay. Uh, racial abilities of Goliaths. Very nice. Stop being racist. Fucking tanks. Right. Okay, so with my second attack, I'm going to take another shot, I guess. And I'm not going to spend another grip point on it just yet. Okay. So I've already got one left anyway, so... Or should I? Should I just try and get the damage out of the way in the start? I was going to say, yeah, just use I think one. I think I might. I'll spend another grip point. I'm going to just, just play that setup. I think I can use one, one, one in two attacks in the same round. Because, the, yeah, I think... As far as i can, yes. Yeah. So, same again, 23, and this time with 23 piercing damage. Nice. So you fire off two quick shots with the rifle, both hitting home. Actually, just double check for me with the rifle. Is it not single shot? Uh, good question, actually. I don't think I wrote that down. Uh, I've got the other stats, but... Uh, do, 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 do. Gunslinger. 
I have a bad feeling for you that it is a single shot. Okay. A, it is based off of this. Yeah, it's reload one, misfire three. Okay, so... so you can have shot case. it, then if you want to reload it, you can, or you can do your fancy switching things. I'll do my fancy switching things and switch it over my shoulder, and I'll fire the last rights then. Okay. Um, at him with a grip point as well then, because I didn't do sure. that. Natural one missed. That and is a misfire. Last rights is a misfire as well. See? Oh, All the luck goes down the drain when you call me out on some. It does indeed. <laughs> oh well. That's unfortunate. Okay. That is unfortunate. Never mind. So you, this. you hit Karak with just a cracking shot from that rifle, and even though he manages to kind of flex against it, he does take a nasty little chunk of damage. So you pull out last rights, and you try for the long shot, but something jams. And, uh, that means it's Karak's turn. I think it does, doesn't it? Because I can use two weapon fighting if I'd fired the first shot from the pistol, but I can't if I've used the first shot with the rifle. Yeah, that would make sense to me. Because you kind of you're going from a two-handed to uh, not. Even though it's a free flourish, I still yeah, it's mm. probably still a bit much to to expect to have an offhand. Uh, mm. I don't know. Okay, so as you start to look to fixing your pistol, it is Karak's turn. He is going to just bellow with rage. And he can only really do one thing, and that is take his full movement and sprint towards you. Run! And as he kind of gets right up next to you, almost towering over you, this just bulky as hell, muscly, eight-foot Goliath form just towering over you, you watch as he uses a bonus action to go into a rage. Of course he does. Of course he does. So, But that's his turn. He cannot do anything else. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm going to use my bonus action to disengage. Okay. As a rogue. Yeah, you rogue bastard. And I'm going to move. I'm going to move my thirty away. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to take another shot with the rifle. Okay. Twenty-six with twenty damage. <sighs> Nasty. Twenty damage. So. uh yeah, you uh, whip the rifle back round again, and this time he doesn't seem to be able to brace himself for it, and takes a nasty chunk of damage as the bullet just sort of buries itself in his peck. However, he is in a rage, so it doesn't hurt him quite as much as you expect. Shit. Fucking barbarians, man. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a DPS. I'm not a tank. <laughs> it's much be a game of cat and mouse. I mean, um, anything I've else you do? Oh, I've, I've can take another shot. This time with my, um, what's the range? Or oh, look at the range on my scatter gun. Oh, I will say I'll let you take the shot just because we haven't done this very often. But you do need to spend an action to reload a weapon. Ah, I will say that you took the shot. I'm fine with that. Let's uh, move on from okay. there. But yeah, just uh, yeah. an action to reload. Okay, let's 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 take a right. So I can't use my rifle again next turn. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, if unless I use an action for it, but that's okay. Um, yeah, what's the range on my scatter gun? Scatter gun has a range of. 15 feet for normal shot, 30 feet for uh, disadvantage. So I'm at, at range for the scatter gun, that's fine. Well, I'm just about in range for a disadvantage shot, but let's not risk it. Let's save that for later. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to whip out uh, my regular pistol and I'm going to take a shot with that. Uh, 25 with 13 piercing damage. It's a good shot with a pistol. Yeah, it is a good shot. 
And uh, yeah, once again, you kind of hit him on the shoulder, and he's he's trying to shrug off this damage, but it is chipping away at him. That's the idea. Death of a thousand pistol shots. <laughs> okay, cool. And is that your turn? Or are you doing anything else? Um, no, I already used my bonus action to disengage. So, um, and I've taken a rifle shot and a pistol shot. So that's all I can do, I think. Um, and I've used my movement as well. Okay, saving that action surge. Um, yeah, you know what? I think I will. Moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it is Karak's turn. He is going to move his full movement to try pin you down again. It's almost like um, he's like an infighting boxer trying to like, corner you in the corner of the arena, and he's just going through everything you fire at him just to get up close and personal. And oh, what is he going to do? His only abilities. Ah, uh, can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't have any legendary actions. You better fucking not do. He's just just the arena champion. I'm just saying. (laughs) This turn, as he runs up to you, and you see that kind of bloody red eye rage just grows darker and more intense, and he's got this just killing aura around him as he goes into a frenzy. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. But for right now, he can't use his frenzy abilities, so he's just going to take his first swing at you. And does he does he go reckless? I wouldn't. No, I think I play it safe. <laughs> he's going to go reckless because he is a reckless man. So he is going to attack you twice with advantage. Seventeen. Swing and a miss. Not good enough with your fancy shielding. So you sort of dodge down out of the way and you just watch as this giant glowing blue greatsword just swings through the air, but misses. And he's going to go for his second attack, also with advantage. So it's a gamble. Natural 20. Yeah, a natural 20 does, unfortunately. Natural 20 does it. Do I need to roll the damage separately? Because I forgot to write it on here. Hey, 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 hey. It's a crit. Zero. Zero damage. Zero (laughs) damage. damage. That's what it says. (laughs) <laughs> so, That's what it says. as the greatsword digs into you, you feel some cold come along with it because you're going to take a little bit of extra damage too. So your total, so it's 18 slashing damage and two points of cold damage, so a total of 20. It takes all my 20 temp hit points off. 15 temp hit points. Uh, I, thought you said, I, thought, I thought I said it was 20. Was 20. It was only 15. Well, Flo is wrong. It's 15 oh, for totaling. Okay. Not bad. So all of that's gone and five real. Okay, right. You dodge low on the first swing and he flips the greatsword around and kind of brings it up in an uppercut that just slashes straight across your chest and you just were not expecting him to be that versatile with this weapon, especially while he's raging. And yeah, you take a nasty chunk of damage. That's all he can do. Okay, so I'm going to disengage again. Mm -hmm. Keep doing the old rope-a-dope. Yep. Move 15 feet. You hear Solara yell from the stands, He's getting tired! <laughs> I fucking hope so, because I am! <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to whip out the scat again, and Ooh. I'm just going to blast him in the chest. I fucking and love this switching guns. Malarkey. You get advantage because he attacked recklessly. Yeah. 23, but only 7 piercing damage. Uh, which is halved. But mm, too bad. Okay, so, and... Um, but in case you're wondering, a 23 does it. Good. I hope so. <laughs> um, okay, and... Uh, yeah, tucking it away uh, onto my back again. Swing out the pistol. 
And again, make a shot. Is this with advantage as well, or is it just the first attack? Oh, it's all with advantage. If he okay. attacks recklessly, he is just throwing caution to the wind. And another shot with advantage. 27 and 9 piercing damage. Uh, 27. Yeah, yeah, definitely hits. And then he takes a little bit more. Okay. Um, well, this feels like a good opportunity to use an action surge. Might not be a bad one. So, all right, do I keep shooting him or do I start swinging with my sword? I feel like he's going to charge me anyway next turn. Yep. And I can keep playing the rope dope but eventually I'm going to have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Really? Do you have to? As you're trying to decide this, you just see this giant hulking Goliath. Like, he's literally foaming at the mouth because he's gone completely into this rage now. It's up to you whether you want to go run at the eye of the beast or not. Yeah, I mean... But you have noticed he's very quick. Quicker than you expected in terms of how far he's caught up with you. He's going to catch me, but I can keep playing the rope dope for a little while, I think. So... Although I do slightly less damage with guns, uh, I think yeah, fuck it. Let's um, let's take a another two shots with my pistol. Okay. Oh, it's with advantage, but that's fine. I'll, I'll just leave it at the twenty-five because I'm pretty sure that hits. Yeah, twenty-five hits. And eleven piercing damage, and one more attack with advantage with pistol. Mm -hmm. uh, a twenty-seven and seven piercing damage. Seven. So first one's cut to six. Second one's cut to four. And then I am going to move the other 15 feet away. Okay. Just because. <laughs> you can see his body is just covered in all these little pellets, and there's just little bits of blood trickling down, but it's not enough to slow him down yet. As long as I'm doing damage, it's good. Mm -hmm. And now he is going to run at you and attack you within a frenzy. Which means he can use his bonus action to attack again. And you know what? He's going to attack recklessly. Of course he is. Of course okay. he is. That's what all this health is for. Uh, 15, so that's a miss. Oh, oh no, I was going to say you need a concentration check, but you don't, because Sophia is the one who cast it on you. Damn you. Yep. <sighs> <sighs> She's sitting so, in the stands going, think. <laughs> think, 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 think. <laughs> yeah, so he just comes at you with just full reckless abandon, swings for your head, misses entirely as you dodge out of the way. A nimbly little guy that you are. Second attack. That's the little. I'm six foot. Come on. Yeah, but he's eight foot. <laughs> he's eight foot. You're tiny. Uh, 25. That's a nine. That is definitely a hit, even though there was a natural one rolled in that. So thank God for that. <laughs> I mean, gods. You should be glad I didn't give this guy feats for great <laughs> weapon fighting or something. <laughs> I am I am glad. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, 25 and nine points of slashing damage with a little bit of extra cold damage on top of that. Oh, yeah. Five points of cold. That was a nasty little bit of cold damage. Yeah. yeah. Every time this greatsword actually lands on you, you just feel like the worst winter's bite of cold that you've ever felt just kind of rush through your muscles. And, yeah, It's like instant frostbite in a small area. And he's going to go for his final frenzied attack on you. <sighs> 13. Lucky. Very lucky. Once again, he tries to go for that killing blow and just buries the uh, greatsword right into the sand in front of you and you realize just one inch closer and that would have been you dead. But he missed. And it is now your turn, Tommy. Okay. Well, two can play at that fucking game, can't I? So, um, drawing my swords, I'm going to attack with my rapier and Element's Wrath. So, rapier in the main hand and Element's Wrath in the off. Okay. Hitting with advantage, though. 
You do indeed. Yep. So a 26 and 11 piercing by Rapier. Okay. Followed up by a 28 and 10 piercing. Stabby stabby. Yep. And Elements Wrath coming round with advantage in the offhand up at the gut. 29 crit nice. with 9 points of fire damage and an additional 6 points of fire damage. Hmm. So you watch as Elements Wrath comes round with its flames, but as it gets close to the Frostbrand Greatsword, you realize that cold's giving him a little layer of protection against fire. So he is actually resistant, plus his resistance from rage, so he takes a quarter of that damage. So would have been, what, 15 total originally? Mm-hmm. Instead, rounded up to four damage. Oh, that shit, isn't it? Is How do you change it? Well, I can't instantly. However, I am still equipped with a regular plus one short sword. So yes. Elements Wrath is getting yeeted across <laughs> into the center of the arena. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder what <laughs> did wonder what element you'd pick. I was like, well, he'll go fire. <laughs> yeah, slightly annoying. Every single time I go fire, bad things happen. Like, we end up in a place where everything is made of fire. Yes. So, uh, I think legitimately in D&D, fire resistance is the most common resistance. Well, it's not being fire next time. <laughs> Come on, lightning sword. No, I think the one time you did pick lightning, you just happened to find a creature that was resistant to lightning. Yeah, like, hey, it like... does happen to know what things my sword can do. <laughs> it is. It is legitimately always an accident. This time I, I picked this weapon because it's fun. And I was like, I'll give him the option to pick whatever he wants. Picks fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Ah. <laughs> uh... In fairness, he's not. He's, well, he's, he's only slightly resistant to piercing damage. So out comes the normal short sword, which thankfully I still keep on me. Yeah, and it's not in the bag of holding. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> uh, next up, Mr. Karak is going to. Yeah, let's keep this reckless trainer rolling because he's in a full frenzy. Why would he I, not? Actually, I just I haven't finished my round yet. Sorry. Oh, have you got more? Uh, I'm just going to run away again. Disengage. Oh, no, uh, I can't disengage because that's no action. Never mind. No, I'm just going to stay there. That's fine. Yeah. Stay yeah. toe to toe with the, uh, yeah. the part giant creature. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's no Samuel Crane. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't kill Samuel Crane. I did. Hey, I did some damage to Samuel Crane. <laughs> so, uh, that first attack's at 23 with 16 slashing. I think that hits. Oof. That does hit. And three points of cold damage next attack. Continuing our little reckless train of swings. 26 with 15. Ouch. The tide is turning. That's two points of cold damage. And one last swing of this greatsword. You see Karak is just getting fully like blood frenzied at this point. He sees you're starting to bleed. He sees you're starting to weaken. And he's trying to go for this kill. A natural 20. Ouch. I would also roll the cold damage twice. That is seven points of cold damage on top of that. That's right. As he just unleashes this horrible flurry on you through that just dark rage you just hear. Feel me, hero. And he ends his turn. Wow. That was not a good round for me. I kind of wiped a bit of blood corner of my mouth 
spit a bit at his face. As I'm going to take a second wind. Um, so 1d10 plus my fighter level. So let's roll a 1d10. 4 plus 7. Not great. Something though. A little bit. Yeah. And a little bit. Okay. And yeah, um, as I said before, Elements Wrath is, is going away. Mm-hmm. And what can I do really? I can start swinging or I can try and run. Entirely up to you, my friend. He's looking hurt. Like you have peppered him with shots, stabbed him up a bit. But he is a big, tough motherfucker. Doesn't look good to run. I mean, I can I can run and rope a dope, but then he's just going to come right up to me and we're going to be in the same place in a month's time. So... Actually, yeah, I will, I will, I'm going to move my full movement, actually. So that. you're disengaging? Uh, uh, yes, but that's an action, isn't it? Because I use my bonus action for second wind. Would be, yeah. I'll okay. let you take the second wind back if you don't want to use it, but it's up to you. You either take that and watch your roll. I'll be nice on that one, but give you the option. Okay, let's let's drop me back to thirteen. Let's do that. Let's let's disengage my bonus action and sprint. This is the one episode I'm being nice because it's been a while since you guys played. Love them in. Where am I? Sixty feet away from him. So you're gonna disengage, move, and use your action to move. Yes. Wow. Going to fall out. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I can't... Yeah, let's just get 60 feet away from him and the little arrow thing. So we're there somewhere back in... Basically, you're running all the way back to where he entered the arena in the first place. Yeah, although I don't like the idea of having my back to the wall, so let's let's go... I mean, it's pretty much all black to the wall there. Uh, right there, so I've got, got at least one square behind me, so let's do that. Um, so I've got a little bit of room, but I'm basically 60. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that's everything I can do. So I literally just I spit in his face and I I flip him off as I duck out and run away. <laughs> thro- thro- throwing Elements Wrath kind of away into somewhere in the center of the arena and as I'm running, drawing my regular short sword. Okay. That's it. So you have taken your whole turn to run away from him. His turn. So this is interesting. He is going to use his full movement to move and dash to get to you. Oh, but he is in a frenzy, so he can use his bonus action to swing once. Ah, Yeah, one swing. Old Corvus on the ropes. He's not going to attack recklessly, though, because he is kind of close to dying himself. He's just going to take this one swing at you and see if he can finish it off. Fifteen. Nope. Nope. That wouldn't have finished me any move, but I'd be down to one hit point. Plus the cold damage. Oh, yeah. That would have killed me. Fucker. Okay. I may regret not going reckless there, but... <laughs> right, let's... Well, I'm I have more attacks next round, so... <laughs> let's, let's ring up with my bonus action instead of a second win this time. Let's see if I do better with a greater healing potion, which I do happen to have on me, not in the bag of holding. Yay! <laughs> Only one, though. I'm sure we've got plenty more in the bag of holding that would have been super handy Had. right about now. Had. Rogar is currently drinking them in his sleep. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just put out, I know you're, uh, you're going to say for fuck's sake, but those greater healing potions have been replaced with superior he- healing potions. They so, have. Hey. They have as, lo- as, long as, as long as they're staying in the bag. 
Really glad to jump off and do a loop run, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so 44 plus 4. Let's do it. Ooh, not bad. Yes, I'll, I'll take that. 12 16 plus 1 or 16 points of damage. Of healing, rather. Um, <laughs> you can damage yourself if you want. <laughs> oh no, it's poison! <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, okay, well... Going down swinging? My, um, my bonus action, so yeah. Going down swinging, I think. Um, so... Rapier, primary attacks. And he wasn't reckless, so they are uh, A 30. <gasps> Jesus. Natural with 14 damage and an extra 4. Yes, motherfucker. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so that's, what, 18 total? So that'd be 9 points of damage. Ow. It always, it's always always just, just really disheartening when you just take half of the damage off. Yeah. So disheartening. All right. Um, One thing about barbarians. So yeah, Tommy's going to try and follow that up with a sort of short sword attack. He's had this short sword for quite some time. He's familiar with it, and this big brute—he's—he's he's a pretty big target. So let's go for it. A twenty-four and nine. Twenty-four and nine. Tommy. Yep. What's it look like when you kill Karak, or at least <gasps> knock him unconscious? It looks fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> As I run my short sword blade straight up through his sternum, somehow something about maybe the magic of this round manages to just stop a millimeter away from his heart where it would have pierced it and ended his miserable, sad, big man life. <laughs> and Tommy withdraws that blade, glistening with Carrick's blood. And he just throws it into the sand, one side of him. And he throws his rapier into the sand, the other side of him. As Carrick, his face just kind of goes limp. And his jaw just, just drops. And he just falls. Slap back onto the dirty arena. And I step up onto his corpse. And I just raise my hands to the air. As my cloak brings out its wings behind me. And I stand facing my crowd. And the crowd just erupts in cheers. And you notice the doors near Karak, even over just the thunderous applause, you hear them swing open. And you watch as one Jessa King walks out into the arena. He has an attendant with him, and you watch as a bunch of medical staff kind of run in. These little goblins in little white coats run out and start grabbing the... Uh, large goliath frame away from you start trying to bandaging him up and getting ready to take him out of the arena and you watch as jessar kind of like pushes a little um rune on his collar and his voice goes out over the loudspeakers again and you just hear him go i present to you all our brand new arena champion one tommy corvus hawkins and the crowd just goes crazy. If anyone was looking super close to me, they'd probably see me grimace as he mentions my full name. <laughs> <laughs> but only for a moment, because I'm playing the showman today. So I step off of the just barely alive Goliath, making sure to kind of step on his face as I come down. <laughs> and I swagger towards Mr. King. Give him a little nod as I get near. What, Jessa? Ah, it is good to see you alive, my friend. 
couldn't go having the hero of the revolution die only a few days afterwards. The people would be sad. I'm glad you uh, had it in you to fight. Well, I mean, anything for my fans? After all, you know, it was a little dust up at the palace, but nothing I couldn't handle. And this big brute felt, felt like a gigantic sack of shite. So, yeah, you know, all in a day's work. And, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding quite heavily, but I'm just, just playing it off. Playing it off. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that while, like, your right eye is starting to swell and disappear. <laughs> no, I'd just like to um, thank the rest of my crew who showed up. And I'm going to sort of raise a hand <laughs> to, um, to you two up in the stands. Because my brave friends who are no longer with us, as I'm sure all of us, every one of you out there, has lost someone, either to Samuel Crenn's brutal regime or to the bloodshed in the revolution. And all I can say to you is that I hope this little extra bloodshed brought you some joy because I can do this all day, baby. <laughs> You see the crowd are already like drinking and going crazy. Like Sophia and Solara are just cheering and throwing drinks at people, you know, as they would do. <laughs> I'm bottling people already. <laughs> yeah. Surprised. Yeah. So, someone, someone went in for a group in the, in the crowd and yeah. you just let what? loose. <laughs> uh, didn't re not realizing it was Solara that was actually trying to go for the <laughs> Broke yeah, a kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she goes in for a group. You just punch the guy next to you. <laughs> 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 There's a brawl going on as I'm pointing to my my crew, just like <laughs> <laughs> my brave mem. Oh, oh shit! They're fighting. Jess okay. <laughs> uh, turns to you after your moment of uh, addressing the crowd. And goes, now it is time for your rewards. First things first, he throws you a big sack of money, and that is two thousand gold pieces. Sharing's caring. Uh it is. Hey, it's well, actually no. We we got gold for the other ones, didn't we? We did get gold for the other ones, and I mean, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what Rogard deigns to share with us on his return. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get so much shit when you were asleep, dude? Um, because I am awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not bad. <laughs> and uh, of course. We have some uh, special rewards for crowning our new champion. And Jessar kind of clicks his fingers and his little attendant walks over. And first thing he hands you is a small box about a bit bigger than your uh, hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you flick it open, you see inside of it a small necklace with a bunch of little beads hanging off of it. And I want you to roll me a d6. Okay. Interesting. D6 isn't a dice you roll a lot in D&D. I guess for damage. But a three. Three? Okay, so you notice there are six beads on it total. And he goes, first, the reward for your victory is this fun little gift that we thought you'd enjoy. Is a necklace of fireballs. And uh, for those who do not know, this necklace has 1D6 plus three beads hanging from it. You can use an action to detach a bead and throw it up to 60 feet away. When it reaches the end of its trajectory, the beat detonates as a third-level fireball spell, save DC 15. You can hurl multiple beads, or even the whole necklace, as one action. When you do so, increase the level of the fireball by one for each bead beyond the first. Ooh, 
Nice. <laughs> yeah. Is that six in total forever? Uh, no, they are. Yeah. Once you've used them all, you've used them all. Okay. So you can throw them all in one go for, that'd be what, a ninth level fireball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the D&D the, the, the equivalent of a tactical nuke. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> when you abs- really absolutely positively have to kill a motherfucker and everything around him. <laughs> and the second thing he brings over to you, Jessica goes, you know, I thought this was a special occasion and if you were the one to win, well, I think you should get something particularly special for all the hard work you've done in the city recently. And he kind of winks at you a little there and his aide brings round this black cloth mantle that would go over your shoulders. And as he hands it to you, you notice that it's just this like fine, silky material, but it's almost, it's almost like putting a shadow on your shoulders. It's that black. And Jessar kind of nods and goes, I present to you the Raven's Mantle. May it serve you well. And... What this item does, it does not require attunement. Once per day, you may cast the spell Misty Step as a bonus action. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be really cool. I'm guessing I can sl- sling that over the top of my cloak. That'll be yep. fine. Yep. It just sits on your shoulders, essentially. Nice. Yeah, that'll be handy. I mean, mm-hmm. I can go out and do the Misty Step. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I lost Misty Step. <laughs> yeah, I not anymore. Just uh, yeah. tell me now. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Never mind. can help yeah. with your rope dope strategies, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, well, tell me, as you are being cheered, we're going to fade out of that scene as you have successfully won the grand tournament. Yay! Whew, that was close. Mm-hmm. It's Good only work. taken yeah. two years! <laughs> <laughs> it has as well. <laughs> Indeed. Well, yeah. Two weeks in game. Two years in real life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe three weeks. But yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's just after the two weeks, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, we had two weeks to do the main thing. So yeah, two and a half weeks. <laughs> I, I have a timeline. Oh, do you? Campaign. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, if I remember correctly, from the first day that the three of you started till what I am dubbed the Grand Arena Tournament Final. It has been 26 days. Oh, okay. A little bit longer than I thought. Yeah, we are heading into the dead of winter at the moment. Ah. Oh, is winter coming? Winter is coming. But we won't talk about a season eight. Definitely not. Yes, it has been 26 days. That's why we have arcs, not seasons, you see. Yeah. (laughs) Much better. (laughs) Anyway, so as Tommy's victory fades out for you all, we're going to go to another day, a few days later. And Sophia. Hello. It's night, and you are returning home from the Temple of Kalemvor, as you've been doing pretty much every day. You're, you know, sore, tired, you've been trained sort of physically and mentally, and really you just want to go home and sleep at this point. As you walk through the streets of Varadin, heading towards your home, the streets are pretty empty, it's quite late, but from an alleyway nearby, you hear a voice. Sister. What? Do I... Can I hear... Um, can I follow it? The sound? Yeah, if you want to immediately just run to the alleyway that you heard it well, coming from. Well, I want to 
um is it close to me this alleyway yeah yeah it's um you're walking like down the streets it's you heard the voice come from further down the alleyway probably about 30 feet away from you but it's quite dark in the alley because it's night okay Ooh, do i want to bring out my sword which shines light yeah you could do yeah why not are you going to draw it intimidatingly or just kind of just like kind of do like the, the frodo baggins type of like frodo baggins or, or, literally or, or, orcs in here kind of yeah, yeah. okay so you uh... are <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm not, 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 not anything else about him. Just the way that he whips out like sting when there's orcs nearby, kind of thing. Yep. Just like a little bit out of the sheath, kind of to bring a bit of glow. All mm. right. Yeah, yeah. So you pull out your new sword. Speaking of which, you can name it. It's entirely up to you. So uh, you pull out the sword, and it shines that brilliant light, and just illuminates the whole alleyway. And you see David Landron, kind of hiding. Not hiding, hiding, but like sort of crouched down a little bit in the back of the alleyway. He is unarmed, but he's in those sort of cultist robes you saw him in before. He looks tired and disheveled, a little bit wild-eyed, and he's kind of like blinking away as the light shines and washes over him. Right, Sophia's kind of thinking, what the fuck does he want? Because the last time I saw him, Handrel died, and the other part of her is like thinking... Well, I, he's the main reason I came back to the city. So, a bit pissed off, but also pleased to see him. Um, mostly going to go with... Oh, um... Stop, slut. <laughs> David, what the fuck? Yeah. Where the fuck have you been? New sword, who dis? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Sister, I do not have much time, please. And you see, as he says that, he kind of clutches the sides of his head like he's in a lot of pain. This is only a moment I have to see you. I have to go soon. I can, I can, I can already feel her thoughts clawing back into my head. Sister, you must... I, I must speak to you. Please, come closer. He's kind of like holding his hands up over his eyes as well to like stop being blinded by the light because he's been spending a hell of a lot of time underground. <laughs> um, seeing him in so much pain, it probably overrides my my annoyance at him, and I try and rush over to see him. As you do, he you the last time you saw him and spoke to him, you saw he had this kind of like crazed, focused look in his eyes that and he was very sort of belligerent and he wouldn't accept anything you were telling him this time when you get close and take a good look at him he looks far more like the david you remember when you left and he looks scared and in a lot of pain david is there anything i can do what hurts what's, what's wrong Sister, please listen to me i only have this moment because she's distracted she's doing something that's drawing all of her strength and i felt her hold on me weaken but for a moment so that i was able to come here i need you to understand something and this isn't going to make sense but i need you to trust me where i am right now it may not look it but for the moment i am safer there how are you safer there I mean, that woman is insane. Do you know what you've been doing this entire time? He kind of 
looks away and like just looks horribly ashamed just goes i am aware of bits and pieces it's like i watch myself act but cannot control it at times sometimes i hear words i want to say come out but they're twisted and wrong i don't know exactly what she's done to me but she wants me alive she wants to use me against our father and though whatever she is doing is horrifying i am safer with her than with father i don't know exactly what he's planning but i know it does not end well for me please you must understand this is not the situation i wanted but if i if i try to run i risk both of them coming after me if i stay with her she is a deterrent from father's monsters and from father himself okay I, i kind of understand where you're coming from surely surely if by my side, if, if we can just pull you free, I could we could get you out of the city. We could we could run. We could hide. He sort of smiles at you quite weakly and then sort of shakes his head and goes, A control I can already feel it returning. Whatever she's doing will end soon, and she won't be as distracted. She'll wonder where I've gone. And I will fight you to get back to her. I, I don't know. What can be done to cure me? I'm not... I just don't know. I... And he looks confused. And you can kind of see his his voice is starting to slur a little bit. And he's having to, like, rub his temples and focus and goes, I came to give you a warning on top of everything else. For now, for now, leave me. Ignore whatever I say to you. Ignore it. It's not me. It's never been me. Sister, it's, I, I hope that one day I will be free, and perhaps you will be able to do that for me. I don't know. I would not wish to place such a burden on you, but if there is any hope I have, it is resting in you. But I came to tell you something. I heard mention of plans. The Illuminated are moving. They have something something monstrous on the horizon something far from here to the north somewhere i couldn't get any more details i'm surprised i had managed to overhear that much but she thinks of me as nothing more than a pet so i can walk where i please at times is this the 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 i don't know the the mechanical illuminated or is this the 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 powerful like beings that that solaris told us about The, the real ones my dear okay. sister, okay. the real ones. I, I don't know what they plan. All I know is that it cannot be good for anyone. And I fear, I fear if you try to free me now, you will die. And no one else will be able to stop them. I will get you free, David. I will stop them. I have powerful friends that will help me. He smiles at you kind of weakly and again and goes, you will need them. And he just screams and starts clawing at his head and again regains himself for a moment and goes, I must go! And he sort of runs towards um, like a sewer grating and starts to pull it off to claw, climb back down into the sewers. I let him go. Okay. He's gone in just a matter of seconds. He's just frantically moving it back and presumably running before he gets noticed. Honestly, I thought he was a lost cause. 
there's there's some David in him yet. (laughs) Honestly, I was like, yeah, fuck that cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, my brother's alive and kind of almost sane. I mean, mean, sometimes, I mean, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) A, A little bit. (laughs) <laughs> hey, 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 says the man that had to roll a d4 to see what kind of mood he was in. Hey! <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, alright? I mean, nothing that wouldn't grossly offend you, so... Yeah. Nothing it is. <laughs> <laughs> nothing it is. At that same time in another part of the city, we rejoin Tommy, working in... Valman's workshop on a project that he's been devoting his nights to. You watch as kind of Valman hops down from his little stool and walks over to you, Tom, and goes, Oh, I think we're not far off being done here, lad. I mean, he's looking the part anyway, Valman. Oh, that he is. And uh, he kind of taps his hand against the sheet that's covering the table. Aye, just a little bit more. I think, though, it's... We can finally uh, turn it on. You reckon? Uh, it's not fully finished yet. Won't be able to leave the workshop tonight, but I think, well, I was thinking around up top, and we can at least try out a personality for it. Oh, yeah, let's do it then. Ah, can't wait. Uh, uh, I'm excited. I've, I was thinking about this prototype for a long time, you know. Glad, glad you managed to get those blueprints for me. Well, mate, I mean, I never thought we were going to manage to do what we've done so far. You know, it's way beyond what I thought was, well... I mean, I guess we fought these things, but like actually seeing how it goes together and stuff, all the all the clockwork and all the cogs and just how it all kind of fits. Impressive. You know, I always say you sell yourself short, lad. You could learn these things. And I've noticed you pick up a few things as we've been going along here. It's been good to see. I mean, I've got to say, I do enjoy it, but at the moment, there's still more money in cracking skulls. <laughs> well, I suppose there is. And um, he goes up to the top of the table and kind of pulls part of the uh, cloth away. And you are greeted by a mechanical head attached to a clockwork frame. Ah. And Valman kind of like pops a little hatch at the top and tinks around in there a little bit. And then you see the lights in its eyes start to glow. And he goes, well, let's let's try this one first, see what we think. And the eyes kind of glow yellow as this... Clockwork Automaton comes to life. Briefly. As the eyes kind of glow, it takes in the room and looks at you, Tommy, and goes, Hello, I am R4, Human Clockwork Relations. How can I be of service? Oh. Uh, Valman, I think this one might get on my nerves. Um, okay, okay. Let, let's see what I can do. Um, hang on a minute. And the eyes turn off. And he tinkers around, and you hear like a clunk inside, and the eyes come back on. This time they're glowing red, and you hear, Statement, R4 is ready to serve, Master. My specialties include, but are not limited to, lying, betrayal, torture, and mass slaughter. Which would you like me to employ immediately? Hello, mate. (laughs) Uh, do you know what? I'm not sure. This one might be a duo, Valmin. You got any more? Uh, I've got a... One last one in here. Uh, you see the eyes go off, and then they come back on. This time, with a sort of light blue, and you hear the head kind of looks around a little bit, looks down at itself, and then it's you and goes, 
By Jove, I'm some sort of mechanical automaton. This is most unusual. Uh, I guess it probably is, isn't it, mate? Yeah, uh, I'm Tommy, and you are? Good to meet you, my dear man. I believe my designation seems to be R4-8927. Arthur. Yeah. What, Arthur? Good to meet you. And then the eyes turn off and Velma goes, So, which of the three did you like? You're going to be spending a hell of a lot more time with it than I am. Number one's a bit, um, I don't know. I, I just I just think he'd get on my nerves. <laughs> Num- number two... N- number two's a bit, a bit killy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure I got all the demon out of this battery before I installed it. Yeah, which I mean, don't get me wrong, probably quite handy in a scrap or if we need to torture someone, but eh, maybe not for an everyday companion. And the last lad sounds like a bit of a toff, but I don't know. I think I could get on get with him. Ah, well, we can go with that one. You can always try to tweak it in the future if you get bored of it. That's true. I tell you what, if we've got someone to torture, let's switch on personality number two and really fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, I'm sure you'll have fun with that one. Good. Well, with that picked, I'll uh, get him set up like that when we get him all put together and moving. Uh, brilliant, mate. Oh, I can't wait to see them all come together. But yeah, having a little personality in that. And, and yeah, R4. I like it. Tommy, as uh, Valman kind of walks past you and goes uh, over to his desk, you notice just next to where he stood, there are a number of pieces of parchment with lots and lots of writing all over them. And as you kind of lean over just to see what he's looking at, you see a lot of rather angry and tense um, responses seemingly making demands. And what catches your eye is you see the words gunpowder, and machinery. Valmin, mate, you better not get in, be getting into any other sticky situations. Uh, Valmin kind of turns around, looks at you, and then looks at where you're looking, and quickly starts rolling up a lot. Oh, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. I, the firm's uh, just a little bit annoyed because I'm not giving them what exactly what they want. But I've told them time and time again that my, my guns are not for sale, and neither are some of the other things I'd rather unfortunately invented and he kind of casts an eye over to uh offer Valmin, mate from what you've mentioned about the firm in the well since i've known you they're not people to be trifled with as i'm sure you're well aware look i just want the best for you mate i don't want to see you get hurt i i appreciate that but don't don't worry about me i can take care of myself you know i mean you say that I managed to escape from an entire research lab full of demon-possessed robots. It can do all right. <sighs> yeah, you did. Just stay on your toes, mate, all right? And if I'm not here and you need me, you know how to find me. We'll do, lad. We'll do. Right. Hey, let's get back to work. Maybe we can get this finished soon. All right, let's do it. Sophia, as you reach home, you're actually a little bit surprised to find that you're the first one home. Solara is still at the uh, Temple of Mistra, and Tommy is off working with Valin. You get in, the house is quiet, and you just get ready and go to bed. As you're lying there and trying to get to sleep, you hear a voice. Fuck's sake. You know, I did think there was something a little bit wrong with the guy. The fuck? Yeah, you know, like, you seem to really hate you, you seem to really love him. Bit strange, bit weird. Kind of surprised me. Got to see a bit of piece of the puzzle come into place. It's always good to get the full picture of these things. 
sits up in bed and look around. Do me a perception check with disadvantage. Oh, what? Wait a minute. Seven. Seven. You kind of dodge your eyes around the room, the voices moving around, echoing. You're not certain where it's coming from, but it's definitely coming from inside the room somewhere. Who the fuck is that? Huh. Well, I, I suppose we never got formally introduced. Um, but I've been watching you, kid, for a little while now, and you know what? I'm I'm honestly impressed. You've done things that uh, not many people can do. Such as killing invisible things? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You haven't killed me yet, and, uh, well, kind of failed to do it the first time around, so I thought this time maybe we could chat. Things were a little, little tense, a little stabby. Your, uh, dragonborn friend killed the guy I was working with, so, uh, that wasn't great. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you say you don't remember me. Well, I guess I never really showed myself at the time. And I didn't really get a chance to speak to you because your uh, little half-elf friend kind of kind of got in the way. Oh, dear. My name's Zolgus. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Sophia. Hi. Hi. We've met, <laughs> have we? Well, met's a strong word. I've been uh, keeping an eye on things. You and your friends get into some interesting situations. You know that? I mean, first I was just following along to slit your throat when you fell asleep, but hell, that very night you were all glowing with dark, shadowy energy, and, uh, yeah, it was weird. I saw you, um, get taken over by a rather impressive bit of power when you killed that Umber Hulk. That was, that was, uh, that was something. Something you don't see every day, and then I thought, well, hell, something's taking an interest in you. Maybe I should. I start itching for my swords. Now, now, now. Let's not be hasty. I'm not here to attack you. I'm just here to have a little conversation. Fill in maybe a few more puzzle pieces for you. <laughs> not one for conversation, mate. You probably guessed that. Yeah, you have quite been uh, quick to knock an arrow or draw, draw a sword. But I like that about you. It keeps you, keeps you unpredictable. So tell me what the fuck you want. Okay, straight to the point. I can understand that. My point is this. Some rather dangerous, monstrously powerful entities seem to have taken a bit of an interest in you. And when that happens, people like you end up dead. Or insane and then dead. I've seen it countless times. It's unfortunate. But I've not seen anyone struggle like you have against it. You fought... You won. But now, I don't want you to feel like you can just rest on your laurels, because <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience that the big bads of this world, they get knocked back. They tend to take it personal. And um, I came here just to ask that maybe one day, when it comes to it, when your back's up against the wall, your friends are all dying and dead, maybe you want something in your back pocket, so to speak. A trump card. Something a little special to break out. Something for a rainy day, you know? And this involves you how? Well, I'll be straight with you, my dear. I'm what they call a devil. Have you been learning about us in your little uh, priestly school? I literally then really go towards my sword. 
now, 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 we're not all as bad as you might think. And um, let's just say the parties I associate with are a little bit concerned about a few things. And do me a religion check. With advantage, because I'm all religion-y now? Um, are you actually proficient in religion now? No. Um, I would say just roll me straight up. Like, you've been studying, but uh, this is more of a broad knowledge. Oh, fucking hell, another seven. Seven, wow. Uh, yeah, so he has not really taught you a great deal about devils yet. You know they often try to strike deals. They live in the nine hells. That's about it. So your broad knowledge of devils. Yay. Fantastic. Yeah. Look, the parties I represent are getting a little concerned about a few things. And when devils get concerned, that's when you really need to start paying attention. Hell, the demons are all riled up. Your little angels, all those celestials up there, are going silent. That's that's a little strange. Hell, even the blood war seems to be quieting down at the moment. It's like, it's like there's a storm coming and we're all just sort of waiting for something to happen. And the people I work with don't like not knowing things. It's kind of my master's thing, knowing stuff. And then I stumble upon you. And you seem to have a little link in here, and you seem to be fighting against it. So I come with a little bit of an offer. And you don't have to accept right now. All I'm saying is you might want something in your back pocket that one day you need to pull out to save your little life, maybe even save your friends' lives. Doesn't that sound reasonable? It's You don't have to say yes right away. You could never even pull for it. Okay, just, just say it. What? What is it? Nothing. And um, on the bed next to you, you see a little, it's like a chain link silver bracelet appears. And as you look at it on one side, there is an engraving of some sort of devilish entity. And on the other side, it's completely plain. And you hear the voice go, when that day comes and you want to speak to us, take that bracelet off your wrist and turn it so that that little devil symbol shows face up. Until then, keep it face down. I'll keep it in your bag if you want. I'd just keep it on your wrist because then it's easy access, you know. You never know what's going to jump you in the dark. <laughs> Dude, you're freaking me out. Okay, fine. Well, I'll take it. Whatever. You best be freaked out, girl. Because things are, things are freaky out there. Things are getting a little bit dark. But I'm glad you're taking it. It seems that you're taking this shit seriously. Be a shame if you didn't. I've known far too many people, mortals like yourselves, die because they don't take things serious. What exactly are you getting out of this? When the day comes that you need to use that, then we'll talk about what we get. But until that day, at least you know you got something. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? As Tommy's learned, not that you can hear me, but having a little summit summit in your back pocket <laughs> can, um, can go to your favor. So, I don't know. So, do you take the bracelet? Mm, I will stow it in a pouch or something. Okay. If, if you're if your your cargo pantaloons or whatever. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. I don't really want to touch it. So, are you, are you picking it up and putting it in a pocket, or are you doing something else with it? Well, yeah. You know how like like people that have dogs have like. Poop bags. Getting a bit of cloth. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wrapping it out, like taking it inside out, putting my hand in it, and then kind of like grabbing it and trying not to touch any of the shit. Mm. Okay. But you are still you taking did... it. 
you are still taking it up. Okay, you you pick it up like that. It, it doesn't do anything to you. It doesn't suddenly shock you with magical energy or something. You just pick it up, and put it in the bag. Yeah. If I had a bag of holding, you know, that would be a good place to put it. You still not get it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I might actually just take it to the Doom Guide. Oh, have a think. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's up to you. Right. But uh, speaking of a man holding a bag of holding. Yay! <laughs> We have now reached the day where Rogar wakes up. And Rogar, you open your eyes for real for the first time in a long time. You're lying on that stone slab in the temple uh, deep underneath the city. And as you blink and look at your arms, you're wearing that strange armor that you envisioned in the dreamlands. It has returned with you, along with everything else. Awesome. As you can. I was going to say, I'm guessing my left arm's still kind of glowing a bit. Yep. Cool. As you kind of sit up and look around, you see that there is someone stood in the corner who just seems to be one of the typical cultists you see around. And he looks up at you and goes, Ah, Sir Rogar, she said that you would awake today. Do you require anything of me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, um, has anybody arrived yet? And is she still here? Yes or no? He shakes his head to the first bit and then goes, um, yes, the mistress is in the middle of something at the moment in the ritual chamber, but she says that I am at your disposal if you require anything. Um, okay, right. So, corpses, got any hanging about? I'm sure that I can arrange this for you, yes. Right, pro- yep. Pro- probably literally hanging, actually, <laughs> from the, d- yeah. the decor of the Crimson Town. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Would you like them taken to your room, sir? I would, uh... Definitely. Is this not my room? Ah, uh, no, this was just the uh, chamber that she brought you to. That you do have a room. I can lead you there if you wish. Yep, yep. Let's make haste. I've got things to do. Okay. So you uh, make your way over to the room led by this little cultist and he takes you inside. It's a pretty plain room. It's like the sort of thing like a, you would see in like a monastery. So it's a very simple bed, places to rest some books, do a little bit of work, but it's... Uh, very modest furnishings. And uh, as he leaves you there, he goes, I will go attend to the bodies for you now, sir. That's good, that's good. Um, you know, older the better. Just, just... Right. Eat the meat, lick the bone. Eat the meat, <laughs> lick the bone. He uh, nods at you and sort of scurries away. Excellent. Right. First things first. I want to take Oathkeeper out of the bag mm-hmm. and store that shit under my mattress. Okay. You uh, pull out Kren's fancy sword and you uh, deposit it beneath the mattress. Yeah. Because um, I have a feeling about that sword. You're a cunt. Why? As you uh, do that, Rogar, and you take a moment, your arm starts to itch. The the glowing arm or the other one? Uh, it would be the glowing arm, actually. And you feel it as if your skin is blistering underneath the armor and you take a few steps back from the bed and you watch as the armor itself actually opens up like it's being pushed away like the the strange symbiosis this creature did for you for a brief moment is actually being ripped away and it hurts like hell because it is literally ripping your skin off but you watch as a snake squirms out of your arm briefly as the armor quickly reseals around your arm you watch as this 
green and black snake hits the ground. It's quite small, but you see it getting bigger. And as it hits the ground, it burrows through the stone, leaving no trace. Like, almost as if it was a ghost that just slipped straight through the ground. Whew! Uh, glad that didn't matter. Um, yeah, sure, that's <laughs> never going to come back and bite us in the ass. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> um, so, it's, it's left no trace, so I'm just a little bit like, uh, well, you know, it could all be good for me, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, out the... I was I was thinking about the things that I picked up while I was like in Sarnath and like some of the stuff that I got, but I think I'm gonna, uh, you know, having looked through it, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna sell like all like the like the iron brooch and the hairpins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that just have monetary value, don't necessarily have any kind of special powers or anything. Um, keep so as you're kind of going through the bag of holding. And you're pulling out all these like statues, and you think, oh, yeah, I'll sell this one, I'll pull this one. You reach into the bag and you pull out something you're not expecting to pull out. And in your hand is a book. Oh, that fucking book. Yeah, boy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to open the book. So you pull out this. I'm definitely small... not going to open it, guys. I'm definitely not going to read it, guys. Honestly, you've got to trust me. I'd never <laughs> read it. Well, you know, you're welcome. So you pull out this small leather-bound book with a yellow symbol on the front. The book you know to be the King in Yellow, taken from the personal chambers of Samuel Crenn. The one that Tommy tried to rip from all your hands, but then resisted. And you start to read it. Does you not have the choice to read it? Is he reading it? He just said he did. Well, I I do have the choice to read it, and I have also... Would like to point. Out, I have looked up Hasta in the Phenotic manuscripts, which is the teachings of my cult, and what taught me that you know, the destiny is in the stars, and I am the only one to see it. So, you know, curiosity would make Rogar read this book. So I'm going to read it. Okay. So yeah, you open it up and you begin to read, and as you're going through the first few pages. It all seems to be like a collection of stories that seem completely disconnected, but something compels you to think there's greater, greater control at play over just what's happening in these individual lives. And parts of it start to seem familiar to you as you turn page after page after page. And just as you're about to stop and wonder what what was so compelling about this book, I'm not understanding, you get to act two. And as you reach down for it, and you flick over the page, you can't stop reading. You scan down every single line over and over and over again. You turn through every page as quickly as you can. And then the moment you finish, you open the book and you start again and you just can't stop reading. You can't control yourself. And as you do, you start to hear whispers in your ears and in your mind. And just for a brief moment, you feel your sanity start to slip away completely. You feel your mind be taken from you and then you notice the helm of your armor begins to glow and the helmet part of it begins to shift and change into what looks like a pallid mask and you feel that madness that was just taking everything from you taking who you were just be held slightly at bay 
and you feel, though unspoken and unknown, that some unholy pact has been forged. And that's where we're going to leave Rogar. We're definitely going to have to kill him. What? Probably the start of the next episode. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to end this one. So fucking evil. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely interested how Cook's plans would go if we just start fighting as a party. Because, mm. I mean, that's where it's kind of heading. I don't really want it to head that way, but it's where it's kind of heading. Maybe. Who knows? We'd probably die. There are greater forces at play than any of us. I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as far as I'm concerned, there are no written plans that you guys fight each other. I have a whole story that is yet to unfold that you can influence and change as you may. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Let's see what happens. And, uh, well, I hope everyone enjoyed that one. Nice uh, jump back into D&D. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was nice to finally do the arena fight. And that was pretty fucking close, I've got to say. Yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was, died. I was I was one hit away from death, mm. and then I pulled out that motherfucking critical. Yeah, yeah. That that crit is what got you because I, I was kind of thinking right. If I don't attack you with reckless now, you don't get advantage back against me. So I'll play the odds and try to take you with the full three attacks rather than just one wild swing. Yeah, and uh, then you fucking crit, and I was like, God damn you, <laughs> <laughs> man, that was close. But yeah. <laughs> very close very well fought and uh very well rp'd everyone i think uh yeah, that was a good one thank you yeah yeah did enjoy it yeah and didn't uh, cheat that much anyway <laughs> so uh, yeah well i'm hoping arc 2 has uh kicked off beyond your wildest expectations and everyone listening at home enjoyed as well if you uh want to speak to any of us you can find me on twitter i am at treason no and my players are there with their player names and gtmp at the end of it we also are available on all podcast providers and if you want to check out our wordpress website at gunpowder treason no plot you'll see pictures and lore and backstories and actually now our character sheets will be going up on there soon just in case you're curious to what the players have rolled up um we also have a facebook group that we don't use too much but you know it exists so join it if you want other than that, I will hand you over to my co-host to say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice, as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me the Lost Art Wrestling, the Lost Art Podcasting. Wrong way around. Shit. <laughs> One or the other. Good podcast both. providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LOW Podcast. Maybe one day, you'll find me in the Red Scar Cafe, from Red Scar Business State, in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. Wait, shit, we're short. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You won't find him anywhere. Find him online. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Um, Sorry, Earth is closed today. Yeah. Uh, That that, that whole miss up there, that was just so the bunker can prove to you all that he does actually read that out each time and it's not a recording. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I wondered. Yeah. Uh, If you want to hear more from me, then as usual, I'm afraid you can't. And I have absolutely nothing written up for you either. Um, safe to say that if you are actually still listening at this point of the podcast, because I don't, then... Neither do I. 
are I a do. true hero, and I personally love you. So there you are. Just take that moment, record it, put it on your phone as a text message greeting, whatever you want to do. You know, just take that love. Thank you. What's the fucking point of me saying anything if no one's fucking listening to this shit? I'm sure some people do. And if they are, and they're, they're, they're the real heroes, as I said last time. They are the Our true heroes. fans. Yeah, the ones that listen right to the end to get the adverts. Mm. They're the real heroes. <laughs> no, I, I go to the. Do, 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 do. You know, the music. I mean, come <laughs> on. I, when, when we turn off this podcast, I like when we stop, I'm like, where's the music? Where's the music? <laughs> Go on, just, just say a bit. Someone's going to hear it. I'm oh, sure. It's going to be me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> For today's story time, I'm going to be reading from the big book of things that can kill you by I Am Dead Now. Today's letter is the letter B. B is for the woeful banshee, and is a spiteful creature formed from the spirit of a female elf. Its faith is wreathed in a tangle of uh, wild hair, its body clad in wispy rags that flutter and stream around it. Very cool. I like yeah. banshees. They're awesome creatures who do horrible things. Yeah. See, when you thought this, ideas. When, well, yeah, when you thought this up, we didn't think, oh, Cookson's going to choose all of these creatures and kill us with them. <laughs> we really should have thought that. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I already read the Monster Manual, the Tome of Bees, Mordecai's Tome of Foes, Creature Codex, the uh, Cthulhu Mythos books, all the extra. I read everything cover to cover anyway. So, you know, I already see these horrible things. <laughs> we I just don't like reminding you, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for joining us, everyone, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Well, hello there. I'm Dr. Evil. And my minions and I were wondering something. Are you evil? Does it bring you great satisfaction when you see somebody trip? Do you frequently plot the demise of those that have wronged you? Do you associate more with pop culture villains than you do cliche heroes? Does just looking at a do-gooder make you go, Ugh. Are you looking for a podcast featuring other like-minded villains who speak about any and all things evil? You answered yes to any of these questions, and I have something very, very special for you. A Necessary Evil Podcast, part of the Necropodicon Network. We eat, drink, and sleep villainy. Our podcast has everything from villainous plots to tips and advice on how to become a better villain. So come on over. We'll leave the door unlocked. And I might not even booby trap it this time. <laughs> Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.